6: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
7: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport and
6: me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
3: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
2: Second hour Clay and Buck goes right now. Talk about crime, shall we? A lot of people, uh, seeing what happened in New York City with the cops assaulted by illegal aliens, migrants, illegal aliens in the city of New York and released uh, very rapidly thereafter, not held for any length of time. Um, Gavin Newsom out in California, also coming under some heat. And actually, you know what? I want to start with Newsom and then we'll bring things home to New York City uh, I still think of it as home, even though I live in Florida. Uh, we'll bring, bring things to New York. So Newsom was doing a Zoom forum. This is such a Gavin Newsom thing. Um, having to do with mental health. This was first reported in the Mercury news and the footage is online. It's a Zoom, you know, public Zoom session, I guess. And Newsom was talking about how he was in a target, which, uh, I will say I, my, is your wife does your wife like Target? Costco does. is superior to Target for carry, but I think Target is still pretty high on the list of places that's fun to shop. Uh, Gavin Newsom's at a Target. People, this is in California, obviously, people are just walking out, stealing stuff, and the clerks aren't doing anything. This is Gavin Newsom telling the story, and he gets upset at the clerk, and you need to hear what the clerk says. Play the clip as we're checking out the woman says oh he's just
3: walking out he didn't pay for that i said well why are you stopping him she goes oh the governor i swear to god true story on my mom's great the governor lowered the threshold there's no accountability i said that's just not true i said we have the 10th toughest 950 dollars the 10th toughest in america she didn't even know what i was talking about and i said it's just not true there's still a stop we said well we don't stop them because of the governor and then she looks at me twice and then she freaks out, she calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? Are you blaming the governor? And it was, you know, three hundred and eighty dollars later. And I was like, why am I spending three hundred and eighty dollars? Everyone can walk the hell right out.
2: Okay. What is Gavin Newsom missing here? This is the part that it's, it's amazing. So a clerk and he's the one telling the story. You heard this, and he says he's sworn his mother's grave, which for Gavin Newsom, I mean does that mean he's telling the truth? Who knows? But he's telling the story, trying to make it seem like people have this crazy idea. He's walking out with $380 that he's paying for, yeah. he says. Somebody else is walking out. People are walking out with arms full of stuff. He's going, why am I paying for the 380 And he doesn't seem to connect the, the situation here, Clay, to $950 is what you can steal up to without arrest. So Gavin Newsom, by his own... States laws could walk out with the $380 that he has in his arms, not be arrested, and he's wondering why the clerk isn't doing more. What does he expect the clerk to do? It's like, I don't understand. He's, he's like the guy that, you know, drops a carton of milk. It splatters everywhere on the kitchen floor. And he's like, who splattered the milk? What is he doing? It's
3: hard to spend $950 at Target or at a grocery store or a Costco even unless you are buying something big, a computer, a television, something that would cost a large amount by itself. And all of you out there that are contemplating this in your own experiences shopping, I bet most of you have never spent $950 at a Target or at a grocery store ever. And again, if you have... It's because you were buying a big television or you were buying a laptop back in the day. You can fill an entire Target shopping cart to the brim and not come anywhere near $950. And the fact that you have basically created this world where there are no consequences. And look, again, it goes to incentive structure. The people that are committing these robberies know exactly what they can get away with without any consequences. But, but also,
2: what what does he want? You know, Gavin Newsom is outraged at the clerk for living in the reality that libs like Gavin Newsom have created in California. You have to talk California the 90s was like paradise, man. I grew up in New York, and I loved it, but I, in the back of my mind, I was always, oh, man, could you imagine if I could have grown up in Santa Monica or, uh, you know, in Orange County? And they're they're ruining what is one of the great states in the world, one of the great places to live in the world with stupid policies. How does he? Do you know what I'm saying about the disconnect? Like he wants her to do
3: what? No, no, no kidding. She's making fifteen dollars an hour, Buck. And what have we seen when clerks have actually tried to stop robberies? They either lose their jobs or they get charged with crimes. Yes, and. I don't know who the people are that are committing all of these robberies, but he's talking about a woman at a clerk checkout. Let's say that she makes $15 an hour, $17 an hour, whatever it is. What percentage of women are able to stop anybody from stealing anything, right? I'm assuming a lot of these people are adult males. So the idea that you're going to put some woman making $15 or $17 on the line of fire, to me, when I hear that story from Gavin Newsom, What it reflects is how broken his understanding is of the incentive culture that he has created to commit these robberies, but also the fact that he's blaming a clerk for not stopping it from happening. You could, in theory, solve this really rapidly. But you know what Walmart does? And it's been very historically successful for them nationwide. If they find that you stole from their store, They will prosecute you to the full extent of the law, most jurisdictions, even if it's 50 bucks, And it costs them a lot more money than the $50 would, but they want to send the message that there are consequences. That's the way they handle shoplifting. In Walmarts, I don't know what they do in California now, but in most of their jurisdictions, they're going to throw the book at you because they believe that all of the people who steal – have conversations, and they say, hey, if you steal from Walmart, they will come after you. I guarantee you all these people are saying, you just walk into Target, take whatever out. They won't do anything to you. And unfortunately, what that leads to is what, Buck? These stores eventually shut down because they don't have very high of a profit margin. All the people lose their jobs inside there. Everybody who wants to shop in the neighborhood and actually pay for things – doesn't have the ability to walk yeah, and or property easily values get decline and the crime, entire crime entire rises and it all, it, all,
2: it all spirals. But if, for anyone who wants, because this is the big thing, Democrats like to pretend, it's not about our policies or it's not just in our states. So uh, CNN's uh, chief law enforcement analyst, guy used to run the uh, intelligence division of the NYPD, where I, not when I was there, but the same place where I worked at one point, And and here he is on CNN. They're talking. We want to get to the migrant crime thing, too. There's even more about this in this hour because this is adding to the stress on the Democrat Party right now, the panic that the Biden regime is in because of this. But first off, there is a difference between how they handle things in California and how, how they handle things in Texas when it comes to crime, when it comes to theft. There is a difference in how they handle things in New York and how they handle things in, say, Florida, where I live. And I've been in both places. I go in, I live right next to a grocery store here in Florida. Nothing is under lock and key. Yep. Nothing is under lock and key. The, the, the drugstore on my corner when I lived in midtown Manhattan, you couldn't buy anything of value without getting a clerk to kind of, you know, walk over and everyone knows it's ridiculous and it's so frustrating and you got to sit there and oh I, i've actually got to get another thing and the clerk has to walk over with a key and you know and there are seven people waiting and they're all annoyed and this is just life in manhattan now here's why that's the case this is the migrant gangs are stealing there are migrant gangs now everybody illegal alien gangs that are committing crimes why aren't they being, being deported right away And they go from New York, where they steal, to Florida, where they spend. Listen to this on CNN when they explain why that is. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. This particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. One of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. And I'm looking at the
1: dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all
2: their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And
1: they said, cause there you go to jail. You
2: hear that? Yeah. They are act, these are organized theft crews of illegals, by the way, who do all their stealing in New York and then do all their spending, not stealing in Florida, because they don't want to do stealing in Florida because their people actually go to prison for
3: stealing stuff. Incentive structure matters. And to me, this all ties in with a huge percentage of Democrats. We were out to dinner last night having a conversation about this. A huge percentage of Democrats are not only anti-capitalism. They don't understand basic profit. And the reality is, for any of you out there that have ever worked in retail, and I've worked in retail lots of different places, the profit margin on retail is super small. And so it doesn't take very much theft to turn a profitable business into a business that falls completely apart. But 10%, let's say, of the overall revenue in many different retail establishments is actually profit. You know what they call it? Uh, uh, Black Monday, is because a lot of retail establishments don't actually start to make money until right after the Christmas holiday, right? Right around the time we get to Thanksgiving. They work all year to try to be able to make a tiny profit. The profit margin in a grocery store is often 4 or 5%. I mean, we're talking about if you spend, for people out there who don't understand basic business, if you spend a dollar, the actual profit that a grocery store gets might be 5 cents on that dollar might be $0.04 cents on that dollar. It doesn't take very much thievery for Target or a grocery store or a Walmart or a CVS or a Walgreens to fall from being able to make money and employ people to actually being a drag on corporate earnings. Did you see what happened with the shutdown
2: of, I think it was, was it In-N-Out Burger? Or, um, yeah, in and out uh, Burger said they can't in- be open in Oakland, in Oakland anymore because it wasn't safe to be able to run their business. And you see what people in Oakland, you know, like city council or whatever saying about it? Well, that's racist.
3: Yeah. And you sit there, you say, what, "What? It
2: has nothing to do with racism. It has nothing to do with race of anyone. It just has to do with we can't operate here because it is too dangerous, because there's too much crime, and we're being robbed, and our patrons are being robbed." And instead, but just think about this this immediate knee jerk reaction you get from Democrats all over the country when these things happen. You know, when a when when a when a Dwayne Reed or a CVS or you know a Walgreens, right? Different depending where you are in the country. The, the drugstore chain, right? When your local drugstore chain shuts down. In so many of these Democrat-run cities, instead of them saying, "Wow, how do we? We got to turn this around. We got to make things safe," they go, "What about the community? Why are you being racist?" Walgreens. And first of all, it's interesting that they they go to race right away because yeah, no right. one's even talking about race. They're just saying there's too much crime going on. We can't handle it in this neighborhood, so they won't deal with the actual problems. Instead, they deflect, and they and th- and that just means that things get worse. In the bad neighborhoods, in the high crime neighborhoods. The you know, the high poverty, high crime neighborhoods of major Democrat controlled cities.
3: There aren't jobs. There aren't uh there aren't the ability to be able to go out and buy things easily. It requires way more effort. You have to get on a bus, you have to get on public transportation to be able to get to a store. And you know where all the investment then goes? Suburbs. Places with low crime environments where they open increasingly new places to be able to go shop. I mean, this is San Francisco writ large buck. The number of businesses that are collapsing and shutting down retail-wise in San Francisco is off the charts, and many of those businesses are just relocating to safer, lower-crime neighborhoods where the profit margins are better, and that's basic business. And the lack of understanding from so many Democrats about how the impact of this is, I mean, to me, it's perfectly illustrated by Gavin Newsom standing there getting angry at the clerk inside of the target for the mass uh, thievery that's going on directly in front of him, instead of saying, wait a minute, why don't we have police officers deployed to this target to arrest everybody? And hey, by the way, how about we lower the amount of dollars that you can steal to 50 or 100 bucks and we prosecute these people to the fullest extent of the law? Guess what would happen? The thievery would drop massively if they just lowered the amount that you could get away with stealing. That's the solution. It's simple. It's easy. The fact that these people aren't willing to do it is a function that they don't really care about it, and as a result, their overall business culture is being destroyed. Guess what? It's Friday. If you love playing fantasy sports, take the sports action to the next level with prize picks. Lots of great activities going on this weekend. Next week, I'm going to be out at the Super Bowl. I'm going to give you some fun picks. I want you to just trust me on this right now, though. Go ahead and sign up. Right now, go to prizepicks.com slash clay. With the 49ers game coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's going to be watching. Buck's even going to be watching. Over a 100 million Americans are going to be watching next week. I'm going to give you some winners. You can pick players. You can pick different cool. Uh, are, you, are we doing options. this now? Are we waiting until next week? No, next week. I just want,
2: Clay, you're killing
3: me. I just want everybody out there to go ahead and sign up. So you're not scrambling at the last moment. Go right now to prizepicks.com slash Clay. Over seven million sports fans have already signed up. Buck and I have both signed I'll, up. I
2: better make some bank on this pick. Yeah, next that's week, right. I'm going to make everybody right money.
3: I'm going to make everybody money. Uh, prizepicks.com slash Clay. You can get whatever money you put into the account up to a hundred dollars. They will double that money right now. So if you got a hundred bucks, boom, you put it in right now. slash clay They will give you automatically another hundred fun money for you to be able to enjoy for your picks with the big game coming up between the chiefs and the 49ers prizepicks.com slash clay again trust me right now go ahead and play around in this app download it today prizepicks.com slash clay learn and laugh weekdays with clay travis and buck sexton
0: more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time
6: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, look like my baggage i mean i know okay that's mine let's unpack that listen to on purpose with jay shetty on the iHeartRadio radio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts
3: okay we got some breaking news on the trump legal shenanigans front this one from georgia uh, i'm reading from the washington post breaking news fulton county which is atlanta Fannie Willis admits relationship with prosecutor. She had an affair with him. She admits it. Uh, she says, uh, that she, however, does not need to resign and denies that it tainted the proceedings. This is again, even the Washington Post is covering this right now. New York Times too. Breaking news story. We'll unravel this a bit when we come back. My big takeaway here, Buck, is we told you that this was going to be coming, uh, that there was virtually no way she wasn't going to uh, have to admit this. She hired her lover, had an affair with him, broke up his marriage, paid him $650,000 in taxpayer funds, and now says it has not actually implicated her investigation at all. She's done. And I don't know what the time frame on it is going to be, Buck. But she's going to get fired, I believe, or be forced to step down. This investigation is going to go into high gear. There is the possibility that she herself is going to end up charged with crimes. And the Atlanta prosecution of Trump, and I think there are 15 other outstanding defendants, I believe, is going to go up in smoke now that she is having to officially admit this. So, again, this is just breaking in the last 10 minutes. Uh, she had to file a response to the allegation today, and yet another uh part of this Trump lawfare not going as the Democrats would hope.
2: It's amazing, and we'll also take some of your calls on it, 800-282-2882. we got that breaking news. The lawfare against Trump running into some major hurdles. And is it falling apart? Is it? You know, maybe the best example of technology changing multiple industries quickly is artificial intelligence. AI is being implemented in everything from medical research to customer service and everything in between. According to tech expert Colin Tedards, this is just the beginning of a new era that could make you wealthier than ever before. Colin will tell you there's one mega tech company that is all in on AI. This company has spent over $200 billion on their AI project, and its CEO says AI, quote, may be bigger than the Internet itself. Through Colin's knowledge, he's found a little-known supplier that's giving a key piece of technology that makes this new AI project possible. He's confident that anyone who gets shares in this supplier today could see massive gains in the market. Get all the details for free at newaiproject.com. This may be a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, you can learn more about this just by going to the website, newaiproject.com. That's new AI Project.com, Paid for by Brownstone Research.
3: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
1: I've been saying this over and over again. The national government must do its job. Uh, this is not a responsibility that should be placed in the lap of all of these big cities. We're seeing what's taking place in Chicago and Denver and Boston, all across our country, big cities are having to do the national government job. And those migrants who are here because they want to be part of the American dream, uh, we say yes to that. But those who are breaking our laws... Uh, we need to re-examine uh, the laws that don't allow us uh, to deport them um, because they're doing violent acts. So that's the mayor of New York,
2: who is a Democrat, who is crying out for something to change here because, get ready for this one, everybody, you can't deport migrants, I'm sorry, illegal aliens. So he, I'm just going to say this, here's the problem, if I call them illegal aliens... Because of the interpretation of immigration law that the Biden administration is using, they are technically here waiting for their asylum hearings. That's why they call them migrants. So while it is a scam, there's some issue here with, you know, to be, to be entirely correct, they entered the country illegally, that was illegal, but then they get put into this track of waiting for their hearing, which as Clay and I have talked about with you, goes Maybe seven years in the future at this point, uh, ten years, in the, who knows? I mean, it's never going to happen is how it actually works. But so people will say we'll call them illegals. It's a little complicated because technically speaking, they're waiting at, to the letter of the law. They're waiting for their hearings, but nonetheless put that aside for a moment. Just cause I get all the, why do you call them migrants? And they've changed this and you know, the, the left is very uh, adept at, at abusing language for political purposes, but Clay, that you could have people who are waiting for their quote, asylum hearing, who are in a mob attacking law enforcement officers in this country, and they aren't, their butts aren't put on the next plane back to wherever they are from, is not just crazy to me, and to you, and to Clay, it's crazy for anybody, including the Democrat mayor of New York City,
3: Mayor Adams. Yeah, and credit to Stephen Miller, who I was watching this morning as I was prepping for the show. They've got an incredible ad out right now. Did you see the Citizens for Sanity ad that he put up that directly addresses these guys attacking the cops and then coming out and uh, basically laughing in the face of Americans everywhere? It's going to be something that resonates in a big way. And I don't think it just resonates. I mean, in the same way that clip that we played from Target resonates with many of you out there. Because I bet a lot of you have been going through a grocery store aisle before. Or you've been going through at a at a checkout place. And you might have a kid. And a kid sometimes I've done this before I I remember getting uh being talked to about it with my mom I know my kids have done it You know when you go through and there's candy uh at the checkout line you got a kid up in the in the uh in the kind of catbird seat whatever you want to call it in uh, as you're going through the checkout and the kids are sitting up there every now and then a kid'll just <laughs> see candy kid thinks oh there's a huge row of candy and you're putting the products that you're buying out there I bet almost every parent has experienced this at a grocery store or at a, uh, at a, at a a checkout in a department store where there's candy and stuff. Kid grabs an M&M and just throws it in the, uh, in the pile or just holds it. And then you go through and you're paying for everything. You get through and you're pushing them in the cart and then you look down and your kid's got. Uh, you know, uh, an M&M's or they got a Kit Kat or and you're like, oh, my God, you just stole that. Right. You're not even intending it. You're trying to pay. The kid just grabs it. He or she doesn't know any better. They're two years old and you try to teach the kid. No because they don't understand how stores work, they don't understand what thievery is. And I think we got a call. We
2: do. I was going to say, let's That get ties
3: it. in with that. Mm-hmm. And I bet this mom has dealt with it. I remember being told by my mom, "No, that's stealing. You have to pay for that. You can't just put it in your uh, in your cart." It's Jennifer in Ohio.
2: Jennifer, what have you got for us? Some wisdom from the younger generation.
7: Hi, Clay and Buck. Thanks for having me on. And yes, my 9-year-old son, who's going to be 10 next month, is in the back seat.
3: Happy I... birthday early oh, to him.
7: Thank you. <laughs> I picked him up from school, and I had you guys on, and you were talking about the San Francisco businesses leaving because too much theft and everything, yeah. and then one of you said these words, which shocked him and got him to speak up, and he, you said, um, well, if they just lowered the price they can steal and get away with it, then we would see the theft go down, and he yeah. goes, Mama, and he tapped me on my shoulder, and he goes, Mama, does it matter how much you steal? Isn't stealing a sin and a crime regardless? So he's he's (laughs) right.
2: He he has more moral clarity at nine years old and would be better at making decisions for the state of California than Gavin Newsom. Isn't isn't that a remarkable circumstance? He understands the right and wrong here. Your nine year old future or, or young patriot and a future leader here. Uh, he understands it better than the actual governor of the fifth-largest economy in the world, California.
3: Yeah, and thank you for calling in. And again, happy early birthday to that young guy. That's a sign that Jennifer is doing a fantastic job in Ohio of raising her son. I said it. I said, look, my standard, yes, should be no thievery. But if they would just lower the standard to 50 or or $100, remember, Buck, it's not just in a day that you can steal 950 it's per store. Well, also, so it's, it's, it's you know, every it, incident. I'm not even saying that you t- try to eliminate it all. I'm just saying set the standard where you can prosecute easier.
2: Well, also, you know, if if remember what AOC said, people are stealing because they need bread yes. or whatever. If somebody was truly stealing out of desperation, if someone's stealing out of desperation, now you also have to ask. There's such a vast I, there is in this country, I know this sounds weird, there's a kind of homeless shelter industrial complex now. There are all these, there are huge organizations, a lot of money, a lot of things going to this. And is it used in the best way? Well, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But every major city now has a shelter. Now they're overwhelmed with migrants, but they have shelter systems, and so they are places people can get food. But okay, if someone's really desperate, and I get it, a lot of people are addicts that are on the streets and they've got these problems, you know, if they steal a sandwich, should they, you know, spend a day in a cell or something? No. Police should arrive. They should get, you know, try to get them to services, get them to help. That's not what's happening Correct. at all. People are walking in like evil Santa Claus with a big bag and filling, filling it full of stolen stuff, then selling it on the street corner or on eBay or wherever instead of getting jobs. You don't have to steal that many times when you're stealing, you know, a thousand dollars here, uh, two thousand dollars there. Never mind the organized retail theft, where they're stealing a hundred thousand dollars. Four or five people steal that in one go or more. So, uh, th- you know, th- this is about the degradation of society that occurs when the clerk sees it and can't do anything about it. When the community suffers because the stores get closed down. When, you know, people who are working hard are made to feel like they're walking into some kind of a prison system every time they go into a drugstore or Walgreens, because everything's under lock and key, like people are trying to make shivs out of toothbrushes or something. Finally, finally, I think enough of the American people have had enough that this is becoming impossible for Democrats to, to ignore and to, this is why Gavin Newsom's like, what do you mean? First of all, what a 10th toughest what is that? Like what, 10 toughest what? Laws against retail theft? That's insane. How do you even
3: gauge that? By the way, Andrew in LA wants to hammer this home because it, we were just kind of hitting at it. And again, I give credit to Jennifer for the nine year old who's soon to be 10. That's evidence of how crystal, crystallizing right and wrong is if you raise a kid well. And the fact that he's in the car and he immediately recognized, you're right. There should be no, and this is the Walmart status, right? Walmart doesn't count in its theft in almost every one of their jurisdictions. They're going to prosecute it to the full extent of the law. And when they do that, the message is being sent to thieves, we're not going to allow this. When you say you can steal $900 worth of product, you're saying basically theft is not a crime. Andrew, you want to hammer that home uh, with what's going on in L.A. and other parts of California.
0: Yeah, am I on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone can
1: hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, so listen, I'm here in L.A. I, listen, I work for mom listening to talk radio all the time. And after you guys listen to local local talk uh, talk shows, and even talking about this a, a whole lot the last couple days, and Gavin Newsom's not being truthful because he'll he, one one of the things he said is well, comparing to Texas, where he says, "Well, California has a lower threshold. Texas is like two thousand dollars or something like that." But there's a difference in Texas. If you, my understanding is, if you stole twice, now it's a, it's a felony. But here in California, on the same day, you can steal $950 worth of stuff at one store, um, and it's you know it's a misdemeanor. But then the same day, you can go to another store, steal $950 again.
2: So it's, it's per it's per incident. per incident. So as long so you could go. Just to be clear, by your interpretation of the state law, I'd have to check this out too. But for, from your understanding of it. Uh, for our dear caller here, Andrew in Los Angeles, you could go to four different drugstores in one day, steal $800 worth of stuff at each drugstore. That's a $3,200 haul and you would risk arrest at, uh, not at all at a single, at a single
3: day or in a single incident, not at all. Think about how easy. Thank yeah. you for the call, by the way. Think about how easy this case is to prosecute. Almost every single public store has video surveillance cameras, which would clearly show I mean, this is, I mean, this is a prosecutor's yeah, dream. Yeah, there's, no, Everybody there's taking no, it there's right all no, like the two ways
2: about this. It's not, no one's even saying, oh, but sometimes people are innocent or whatever. There used to be, look, they got rid of these three strike laws, which you now look at and you say, you know, there's probably a pretty good reason for a three strikes law. Yes. Because, you know, I get it, right? People may... I i understand. If anything, I'm probably, uh, you know, too permissive about a first-time non-violent and non-heinous, but, you know, a first-time mistake. Somebody goes in there, you know, they steal a bottle of wine from somewhere. I don't think someone's life should be ruined. You do it a second time, you should be punished. You do it a third time, yeah, you should actually have some real punishment and a real record. Now, you know, I'm not just talking about stealing a bottle of wine. depends on how much it costs. You know, it's a $1,000, it's $10. My point just being... That people who are repeat offenders are such a problem in all of the communities where they're doing this. And if you don't come down
3: on the repeat offenders, it never stops. And it's on camera now everywhere. This is the easiest case on the planet to actually prosecute. And to your point, remember... Most people don't get caught the first time they commit a crime.
2: Oh, people break the law usually dozens of times before the cops actually bag them. That's usually how it goes. So we're not just talking about one
3: thing going awry. Yeah,
2: and we all get into Clay's point, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, a 15-year-old who steals a pack of bubble gum, no one's talking about that, okay? You know, if a cop is called to the scene because someone steals a Snapple iced tea, yeah, the cop should use his discretion and say, "Hey kid, don't do that again. Put the Snapple back." And you know, but if it's the 50th time and he's stealing a case of Snapple and he's also, you know, got a a Louis Vuitton handbag that he didn't pay for in his pocket. You know, I think you can start to put the... Put things together here and and actually punish people for refusing to be civilized
3: and obey our laws. And it would change behavior in a hurry if suddenly you started getting popped like this. Uh, I want to tell you, Legacy Box. By the way, it's Friday. You can blow up the lines, react to anything we're talking about today. Eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. We'll also get into at the top of the next hour more details on the Fannie Willis filing, where she admits to an affair, where she admits that she hired. Uh, her lover and paid him over six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That is no longer contestable. She has admitted to all of it. We'll get into that. Uh The rescheduling of the Trump case. Uh, by the way, also want to mention this. Uh, maybe when we come back, Ron DeSantis now back as governor of Florida. Throwing punches, getting big wins. I don't think we mentioned that he got a big win against Disney. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back too. But in the meantime, Legacy Box, company that's helped a million and a half families digitally transfer their home movies from video cassettes and film onto digital files in a world full of smartphones, smart TVs, laptops. Best way to rediscover your family memories by digitizing all those videotapes and old film reels you've been safely storing away. We got through the holiday season. New Year's, Christmas. Thanksgiving, maybe now you're getting a little bit of a breather. Kids are back in school. Now you have time to gather all those old family memories and put them together and preserve them digitally forever. Maybe you can mix them now with the newest family memories that you created over this holiday season. Make sure that you preserve those family memories forever with Legacy Box. They'll send you a box to ship your tapes, your film, your photos, to their tennessee facilities chattanooga tennessee my mom grew up there i spent a lot of great memories with my family uh back in the day my mom's family all from the chattanooga tennessee area that's where legacy box is based they'll get you hooked up all you have to do is go to legacybox.com slash clay use the website website to save 50 percent off the regular prices legacybox.com slash clay Stay on top of election use with 24 from Clay and Buck, a weekly podcast you can find on the free Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper
0: of Sonny.
7: Rappaport's reality, the reality a little of bit. us. We're a figuring little bit.
6: out. And <laughs> if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been the podcast would have taken a, a a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's
7: Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And
6: me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast.
3: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We'll take some of your calls, third hour of the program, uh, as we roll into the weekend. A lot of you wanting to react to everything we've been talking about already. Uh, a little bit of a preview, by the way. We are jumping at the top of the next hour. I'll give you some more details about this uh, Fannie Willis case. She's finally filed her response, admitted that she engaged in an affair with a prosecutor she hired and paid $650,000 in taxpayer money. The lawfare against Trump, probably the most significant story out there that we don't know exactly how it will play out during the course of the next nine months in the presidential election. Democrat attacks against Trump in the courts suddenly going up in smoke. We will discuss. But first, uh, Ben, down in El Paso, Texas, uh, what you got for
1: us? Uh, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani had a broken windows policy where if you broke any laws, no matter how small, there was consequence: jail or fine, and New York City became a safe and uh, visit a place to live
3: and visit once again. Buck, thank you. You're 100% right, Buck. You actually experienced what this was like.
2: I lived there during the transformation, and people went from just expecting that their cars would be broken into, that they would be mugged, and you know all this stuff uh, to. It, 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 look, New York City from around 2000, put aside the terror attacks of 9/11, obviously, but that's not a local crime issue. Uh From in terms of safety on the streets, from you know the late 90s, call it 98, 99, until about you know 2013, 2014, when things started to turn in the other direction, was a truly safe large city. I mean, New York got got so confident about its safety, people started to say, "Well, can we get to like Tokyo level numbers? Because Tokyo, there's effectively no crime." We never got there, to be clear, but. Uh, now it's, it's been trending in the wrong direction and unfortunately stayed there. And also a lot of it's the quality of life stuff. Well, so we got here retired prosecutor Marty in Phoenix. What's going on, Marty?
1: Hello and good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, I wanted to throw out a couple of things. You mentioned correctly that some stores like Walmart are aggressive in trying to get shoplifters and retail theft, but that's only effective if the process works and the process works when prosecutors actually prosecute when cases are, you know, people are punished and then that deterrent theory works. If the, the store recognizes that their civil expense, their retail uh, danger to their employees uh, and their potential civil liability, of course, they have to balance that with whether something is actually going to come of that effort. A place like California, they know it's not, so they don't bother, and that's what Newsom doesn't understand, uh, that their policies there make it Unaccountable. So, More, honestly, Marty,
2: I think Newsom probably does understand, but he's just such a, such a narcissistic, delusional maniac that he doesn't care. Real quick, Marty, so you're a prosecutor. I mean, didn't you have the discretion of if somebody's, if, if somebody was a first time offender, they didn't steal that much, they promised never to do it again, you could say, all right, I better never see you in this office again, right?
1: Right. It's real easy to pick out the real career thieves and just some desperate person.
2: Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, so this is what, those are the kind thank you, Marty. Those are the kind of decisions the prosecutors should be making in the interest of something called justice and public safety. But in these Democrat places, New York and California, somehow social justice means everybody gets to steal.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.